This podcast is brought to you by Worldwide Technology and NetApp and produced by GovExec Studio 2G. Using their expert ability to advise and execute, WWT delivers innovative, operationally ready, and cost-effective IT solutions to the public sector that accelerate the interoperability and resiliency of mission-critical systems. To learn more about how WWT can help your agency adopt efficient and effective IT solutions, visit WWT.com. Most government agencies have taken advantage of the momentum cloud is having, and it's no wonder why this technology is so popular. It's cost effective, it helps increase workflow flexibility, and it reduces the strain on IT departments. But as more data gets transitioned off premise, there are some risks associated with that move. To safeguard mission-critical assets, agencies have to use tools and technologies to enable trustless architecture, a cybersecurity approach that vets and verifies anyone or anything trying to access the network. I'm Camille Tudy, and today I'm talking with two security experts who will share their insight into how to do that and more. We'll chat about the security obstacles with cloud and how agencies can stand up the architecture needed to inject trustless security models into operations. Marisol Cruz-Kane is the Director of Information Technology and Cybersecurity at the Government Accountability Office. She oversees work on federal cybersecurity and privacy issues, and she has spent nearly 15 years directing audit teams in executing high-risk information management, cybersecurity, and privacy performance audits. Paul Cunningham is the Chief Technology Advisor for Public Sector Security at Worldwide Technology. He joined the company last year after serving as Deputy Assistant Secretary and Chief Information Security Officer at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Paul was also the CISO at the Energy Department. And today, he's focused on providing insight and perspective into the complexity of the federal information security landscape. Welcome. Well, thank you for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Hi. I'd actually like to start off by getting a lay of the land. So when it comes to the current state of cloud security, what are some of the largest challenges for federal agencies? One of the largest hurdles that we identified was that agencies haven't always made sure that they address all of the key elements in the federal security authorization process for cloud providers. In a 2019 report, we found that four agencies didn't always include all of the required information in their cloud system security plans. They didn't summarize security control test results in their assessment reports. And lastly, they didn't always list cloud service deficiencies and how those would be mitigated in their remedial action plans. One of the reasons we identified for the issues was that the guidance and requirements for the federal program for certifying that cloud providers meet those standards, which is commonly referred to as FedRAMP, weren't always clear. Also, the process for monitoring the status of security controls over cloud services was limited. So in order to help improve the situation, GAO made a recommendation to OMB to enhance its oversight of the FedRAMP program, two recommendations to GSA to improve their guidance and monitoring of the FedRAMP program, and 22 recommendations to the selected agencies to address deficiencies in their specific programs. 
certainly FedRAMP's a challenge. I think it's hard for agencies as well as the vendors to fully understand what that bar is. So I think it started out with the intent in mind of validate once and then use multiple times across multiple agencies. We still have a little bit more work to get there and also to advise our OEMs and vendors on what their responsibilities in maintaining that FedRAMP status so that way other agencies can go use it. So there's always been a challenge of the sponsor agency going back and validating it and also allowing that information to be shared with those other agencies that might be using that sponsorship. We hear a lot of talk of trustless architecture. What exactly is it and how does it address some of these security challenges? Trustless or zero trust architecture, some people refer to it, I believe suffers from a misleading name or nomenclature. Zero trust is the beginning point. That means that for every transaction at the very beginning, the initiation of that transaction, nothing's trusted. And then from there, we start building trust. And as our confidence level grows, as we check the authentication of the entity that's requesting a service, What's the compliance state of the device? How are they coming in through the portals and how well are those protected or confidence level in those transactions? And then what resources? What are our most critical resources? And what level of trust do we got to have before they can get to the data or the application or services? And it really challenged our old perimeter defense where we, once you authenticate it in and you're in the building, so to speak, you can go anywhere you want to go. With zero trust, it's now monitoring your visit, so to speak, to make sure you're going to only those places that you're authorized to go. It certainly is a paradigm shift when it comes to security. Yeah, as we mentioned, everybody's using cloud. And it's just one of the main reasons why the move to ZTA makes sense. Organizations and environments now are including more than ever. So you've got your local infrastructure, your remote and mobile individuals, and cloud services. And NIST points out that the new complexities makes our traditional perimeter-based approach less effective since there's no single easily identified perimeter for the enterprise anymore. So that makes ZTA much more effective in protecting the newer and the more complex types of environment. The approach involves minimizing access to resources by giving access to only people identified as essentially needing it. And then you continually authenticate and authorize the identity for each access request instead of just granting it once and letting them move laterally as they pleased. So also by segmenting networks and continuously verifying the attempts to access resources, the zero trust approach can help prevent bad actors from moving laterally around the organization's IT environment. It also assumes that a breach has already occurred So even if the bad actor has compromised the system or the asset, it is helping keep the rest of the environment better protected from further damage. When it comes to cloud transformation and security, what do government agencies need to know about zero trust? What are some common misconceptions? I think a big common misconception is that zero trust is a technology or a tool. Mm -hmm. But what zero trust really is, is a paradigm shift in thinking, as you mentioned, about how agencies actually secure their systems, their services, and their assets. Implementing ZTA is going to make use of many of the tools and technologies that agencies already have, but it's going to be a fundamental shift in how those tools are going to be used. So for example, a traditional cybersecurity model trusts a user once they're in the network, 
But zero trust doesn't operate that way. Instead, the zero trust environment continuously verifies everything that has connected or is attempting to connect to the environment. And it also assumes that a breach has already occurred, which allows for better protection for your environment. It's a philosophical change, so it's a culture change from the traditional cybersecurity compliance-driven with risk acceptance or risk management second. This is really strongly risk management, so you're going to have to get a lot more involved with ops and cybersecurity and the business owners and stakeholders to define the right solution to meet the mission, but still provide that high confidence level that only authorized people or entities are getting access to the proper tools. I think too, that there's also a misconception that it's a big rip and replace, or this supersedes previous work done around this, whether it's the risk management framework or the cybersecurity framework. It's just another way of implementing those approaches. So Paul, for agencies that are early on their zero trust journeys, what steps can they take to implement zero trust into their cloud architecture so it remains secure? Well, I think first you want to look to see what they already have. If they have cloud footprint already, go back and look to see what was already purchased, what security elements that are already in the cloud service provider that you may want to use. So I know one agency, they were using the resources on the cloud provider, and they realized that instead of pulling it down from the cloud, it was easier to push up the on-prem stuff and look through one pane of glass and use multiple resources. So a lot of cases that's interoperability and that greater visibility that the cloud provider might have because they provide the solution to multiple agencies or even the private sector can actually enhance their overall security awareness. There won't be a one-for-one, but there's cloud solutions and then what's the equivalent on-prem capability And then how does that tie into your overall cybersecurity strategies? If you have a cybersecurity strategy and it's old, it's most likely built on more legacy and on-prem perimeter defense. We want to be able to see is what can you do in your cybersecurity strategy that really leverages the greater visibility and the capabilities of the cloud solution. Mm -hmm. And then I'd look overall and see if there's some gaps that you have. Look for cloud solutions that are specific to cybersecurity. And in those cases, you'll find that there's plenty of resources out there and then that can bring that capability in, whether it's screening out emails, looking for malware or bad links or integrating threat intelligence. Then you can go ahead and and then integrate that into your overall cybersecurity environment. It's going to be a multiple year approach. Marisol, we often talk about how zero trust is a journey, and I just refer to it as a journey and a continuous one. So where is GAO on that journey? Camille, GAO is not required to follow the requirements set forth for the executive branch agencies, but our goal is always to follow government-wide best practices as closely as we can, particularly emerging guidance from NIST, OMB, and CISA. And since we prioritize in implementing cyber practices in the areas that will eventually audit, ZTA is something our executive committee and our internal IT group are currently considering and planning for, much like any other large agency is right now. But we at GAO know that our transition to zero trust is going to be very long, and it's going to take careful planning and continuous coordination and effort across our agency. What tools and solutions are available to support agencies as they embark on a cloud security and zero trust journey? 
you know, in the federal environment, there's CISO councils that can be used. There's other agencies would love to share their journey and not only their successes, but with some of the things that they didn't know, they wish we had known at the very beginning. So I think communicating with their peers goes a long way in developing a cybersecurity solution that involves cloud. I also look at where CISA is, DHS, they're building out a lot of capabilities to help augment federal agencies' ability to protect their networks, especially from the outside and development in the cloud. I think there's also numerous technical solutions available today. And I think the proper solution depends greatly on where the agency is at and where they want to go. They will need to consider several variables in that journey, including what's their current IT investment, how much legacy or technical area today, and how does that transcribe into their cybersecurity debt? Where's their workforce knowledge base and what's their workloads? Because as, as you move into the CTA, there's a lot more monitoring and activities. They're so going to have to be looking at automation and orchestration to help with that workload. And then, of course, it always goes back to the mission and the operational environments to make sure that you're providing those critical services in a timely manner and provide that secure solution that doesn't impede the mission. So therefore, I think really the more important tools would be agencies, trusted advisors, and then experienced system integrators to help bring that one common solution for them. So Marisol, if you look just government-wide and not from a GAO perspective, what tools, technologies, or approaches have you found especially helpful to achieve zero trust? A lot of agencies are getting nervous because they feel like they need to go procure so many different technologies and tools when ZTA is a holistic approach rather than a specific tool. So I think what they need to realize is they probably already have many of the things that they can use to support the cybersecurity concepts that ZTA is. And it's going to take a shift in their culture and how they think about using the tools and interacting with the tools to support a real ZTA implementation. There's also some government-wide initiatives that are really important to support this move to zero trust. For example, you've got the CDM program, and that's specifically mentioned in OMB zero trust strategy as the preferred method by which agencies should be creating a full inventory of their IT assets. And that's particularly important because of a ZTA environment, you can't protect what you don't know that you have. So you need to know what you have in order to protect it. And then you need to have a baseline of expected activity in order to be able to spot any malicious activities going on. And then I think the most important approach as well is to make sure that you have buy-ins and understanding of what needs to happen at all levels of your organization, from the leadership down to the technical implementers. And everybody needs to understand that supporting a new ZTA architecture is going to be a heavy lift that's going to take some time. And as Camille mentioned, it's going to be a continuous journey that may require some different type of thinking and also a shift in the culture. And before we wrap up today, I would love to hear some of your calls to action for federal IT leaders or key considerations that they should keep in mind for 2023. Paul, do you want to start? Cybersecurity is really a business enabler. So get the ops team and the business owners get their buy-in that they are part of the solution. Otherwise, ZTA can't just solely live as just an extension of the cybersecurity or the CISO program. To build off what Paul said, I think some of the most important calls to action are one, 
it is a continuous journey to ZTA. So we need to sit down and understand your current environment, how you can leverage what you have in your current environment to make ZTA work, and then to make sure that your organization is ready to take that shift in thinking, get to the ZTA architecture and really involve like Paul said, all of your levels of the organization, because it's going to take a holistic response in order to make the shift from our traditional perimeter-based security up to our zero-trust architecture. It goes back to risk management. A long time ago, we used to do compliance. We had obtained risk management through compliance. And I think now we'll get to compliance through proper risk management. And that shift in that means that if you go back to old FISMA, the FISMA, the act itself, it clearly states that the secretary is responsible, but it's been delegated down to the CIO. And then there's a destination to the CISO to build those cybersecurity programs and understanding how that all kind of relates to implementing CTA means that there's a responsibility to the mission and bringing that business owner to the table to make sure that we're all carrying the risk together and not necessarily doing whatever you're allowed to do. All great insight. That's unfortunately all the time we have for today. Marisol and Paul, thank you so much for being here and talking about cloud security and zero trust and its important role in federal cybersecurity. Thanks for having us, Camille. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Worldwide Technology and NetApp. For more information about how your agency can successfully adopt trustless architecture, visit www.t.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Future of Federal Data Strategy podcast series, brought to you by Worldwide Technology and NetApp. To learn more about how WWT can help your agency adopt innovative and efficient IT solutions, visit www.t.com.